You're listening to Once, episode 286, page 23, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron. And we've just watched this episode, page 23, and I feel like this is a bit of a mixed bag of thoughts on this episode. What did you think about it, Aaron? Definitely a mixed bag. I was really, really bored at the beginning, to be totally honest, and then I'm leaving with this this sense of, of really, really liking parts of it. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mixed bag for sure. So let's discuss some of those parts. These are only our initial reactions, so we might not get everything correctly, and we might be a bit all over the place. So Evil Queen has been literally written off the show. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the direction I thought it would go. Even when Regina had Evil Queen's heart. I thought, oh, yes, Regina is going to stick it back in herself and we'll have reintegration finally. And then, no, Regina pulls out her own heart. And I thought, oh, okay, she's going to merge them and then stick the heart back in and we'll get reintegration. (laughs) No, we never got and never will get reintegration. Evil Queen is now a completely separate person. No, wait, she's not completely separate anymore. That It makes it even more confusing. (laughs) Well, she's separate in the sense that what happens to her no longer impacts what happens to Regina. Yeah. I agreed. I definitely thought that that's what was going to happen. And it kind of did, like in a roundabout sort of way, there was a reintegration because now all of the good and the bad were were remeshed together. So they are essentially the same person now. They have the same memories. They have all the same good in them and all the same bad in them. So Regina's back to being herself with the darkness in her is what I'm, that's what I'm taking from this episode. Yeah. And I like that. So she is now the complete person that she was before. Now Evil Queen has all of Regina's good characteristics so she can run off and live her destiny, it seems. (laughs) I have to say, it seems that every show, every fantasy show that I watch ends up at some point around the fourth or fifth season dealing, or I guess we're even in, we're even further along, but dealing with these alternate realities and alternate timelines where the exact same person is living an alternate life kind of simultaneously. And there's just all these dimensions and worlds within the reality air quote that we see in the show. This episode is labeled page 23. And it's all about that page 23 is the page of Robin and Regina kissing. And (laughs) I think that the whole premise of this episode is basically to make that page a reality, not in a sense of this is an alternate universe or alternate reality, but this is a new reality that is yet to come, but probably will come. But in that world where she was sent, are there not all alternate versions of all the same characters like, doesn't that have to exist for it to be? <laughs> See, it gets very tricky. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to wonder, what's the nature of the other realm 
the wish realm. And remember, she's not going to get a fresh start there because there she is known and feared as the evil queen. She would have more of a fresh start in literally any other world, even our own world. She would have more of a fresh start than in the wish realm. I almost would have preferred that they just left that part up to our imagination. They didn't need to tell us where she went. There could have been fan fiction galore on the forums about where (laughs) Evil Queen ended up as a fresh start. And you're right. It's not a fresh start if she's going to an alternate reality or a reality where everybody knows who she is and what she's done. I kind of wish they'd left that scene out. Yeah. And another thing I wish they left out is bringing Tinkerbell into this. Now, don't get me wrong. It's really (laughs) cool to see Rose McIver back in Once Upon a Time for an episode. She's the actress who plays Tinkerbell. And it's funny. I was just talking about Rose McIver to someone else from New Zealand, where Rose McIver is from. I saw them at a conference in California where I recently attended. And uh, we talked a little bit about Rose McIver, and I had no idea she would be back on the show, which she was tonight. But her appearance was total retcon. Because you look back at season three in the episode Quite a Common Fairy, sometime around that, I believe it is that episode, is when we see that original flashback of Tinkerbell takes Regina to the tavern, and that's where Regina sees the man with the lion tattoo. And then in Neverland, Tinkerbell asks Regina, did you ever go see him? Did you meet him? And it was then that Tinkerbell learned what Regina had done after that time. But here in this retcon, Tinkerbell doesn't only learn, she knows it right here. And I know it's a small thing, but the small things are what make something great. I love when they have characters back that are on Forgotten Character Island, (laughs) when they actually add depth or value to the storyline. Whether she did or not, I guess, is up for debate. I could have gone either way. I even forgot that she had an accent. It's been so long since we've seen her. Like, I know the actress has an accent, but I was like, did Tinkerbell actually have an accent the whole time? So it's been a while. And yeah, I could have taken that or or left it. I agree with what you said earlier that the beginning part of this episode was kind of meh, but later parts of this episode were really nice and beautiful in certain ways. And even the conclusion of Regina versus Evil Queen is nice. It's certainly the once upon a time approach to a happy ending. It's not someone is no more and that's the happy ending of it. But I know that the love yourself kind of thing, there's a place for that. And also sometimes it can be exaggerated, but the way it is here, I think was a good implementation of it because it, it reveals that, well, it's Regina hated herself and that was damaging her. And causing her to damage the other people around her. That was the part of the storyline that I really loved. Once we got there, it feels like it took forever for us to get there. You know, at at first I thought, you know, she might find Snow White. And then even within the chat room, I think there was talk of it leading her to Korra. So even when it led her to the castle, I thought we were going to the mirror to Wonderland. And then it ended up going into like the wardrobe. And I was like, are we introducing Narnia here? Like, what is happening? (laughs) And then I had kind of caught on and I was expecting when she whipped open the door that there would be a mirror inside, but there wasn't. And so 
it just took, I liked that it wasn't super predictable because sometimes, sometimes this show and other shows are very predictable and this left more, more for surprise. And I really liked that part of the storyline that she hated herself. And that is why she was acting this way toward other people. I am, I'm in a course right now and I did a, a yoga teacher training course last year. And one of the major themes of our philosophy section was this idea that like we can only hate in other people what we hate about ourselves. And it's like the part of ourself that we see in them that we've hated and suppressed. And that's why the hatred comes out toward the other people and the other people are actually mirrors to us. And I kind of just, um, I thought that that was really deep for the show and it didn't have to be. I think that families and people who aren't thinking so hard about the show could just watch it and enjoy it. But I really loved that they kind of pulled that that into it because she did hate herself and she has learned to love herself. And part of her redemption was learning to love even that dark piece of herself. Mm-hmm. And you know the wonderful people who have learned to love even the dark pieces of themselves and who have not consumed themselves with hate, but are consuming themselves with love, so much so that they generously give it to each other and to us. It's our wonderful heroes for our podcast. So for this episode, I'd like to thank Lisa Slack, our 23 heroes, uh, no, sorry, 24 heroes on Patreon, because we have a new hero, Jazzy Cat. So welcome, Jazzy Cat. I just had to say it that way. Thank you very much for your kind support of the podcast. We present this to you, and we hope you get value from it. Even if it's you hate the show now, the TV show, and we make you laugh about the show that you hate, but you just can't stop watching, that's providing value to you. Maybe you still love the show, and you love the in-depth conversations we have. We hope that's providing value, too. So if you feel we're providing value to you, would you consider providing some value back to us in the form of supporting the podcast? Go to onespodcast.com slash hero to discover how you can share that love that's overflowing from you and share it with us in the podcast over at onespodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. And the best segue award goes to... I thought it was great to see Zelina's kind of going girly when she saw Emma with the engagement ring. <laughs> yeah, she noticed right away, which was which was great. And uh, that whole, I- I'm glad Zelina's kind of in a good mood today, Yeah, it seems. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and she's involved in the conversations and interested in what's going on with people. And speaking of what's going on with people, David and Snow will probably have their curse broken soon because in case you missed it, because I saw in our live chat uh, earlier that it seemed a couple people might have missed it. The evil queen had apparently given Regina everything that the evil queen knew about that sleeping curse as a means of a starting place to figure out a way to break the curse. It's not the exact solution but it's it's a lot more information than they had, apparently. Do you think a burning red room is in our future this season? Oh, I hope not. I know you hope not, but do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. No, because it, it seemed like it was something, if I remember correctly, from season two, if they're going to be consistent, is that uh, the burning red room thing eventually fades as the curse wears off. 
The burning red room was where they went after they were cursed when they went back to sleep, but there was another room that was connected and Charming broke through that room or Right, right. <laughs> so it was like a quest almost. I can just picture them having to do some sort of dream quest again. But it would also be great if they didn't have to do that. <laughs> so maybe it would be something like one of them, whoever's awake, then voluntarily puts themselves under the sleeping curse. Then they both meet up in the red room. They kiss and then they both wake up. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Hook and Emma's relationship um, again, like I told that very vulnerable personal story in the last episode, I can really relate with this because <laughs> seeing Emma give the ring back, well, in my personal story, I wasn't there when she took the ring off. Uh, someone else gave the ring back to me, which was kind of weird. But um, if you want that whole story and you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to our full discussion episode where I get vulnerable. I made people cry. Maybe I'll make you cry too. It's okay. I'm over it. It's long time ago stuff. But what do you think of this? I'm really glad with how Emma reacted in the sense of saying, basically, it was dumb for you to not tell us. You know us. You know my family. You know they would forgive you. That's who they are. Because that's what frustrated me so much about his fear of telling them is that he's been by these people's side for how long fighting the good fight with them. And he's seen them forgive so many people. And yet he thinks that, this is the one thing that they won't forgive and that it was really that, that he lied to her and that he was going to try and erase the evidence, so to speak, that she's upset with. And then I actually thought he was going to run away, which was, it had me trying to remember if he was in the flashback or the, if he was in the vision that Emma got of her death and was he really going to leave? And I guess he is. I knew that there's no way he'll actually run away. It will be something that will stop him. Emma will come and she'll say, uh, hello, you complete me. And he'll be like, you had me yet. Hello. And <laughs> anything or maybe I guess it would be he would be the one going back to her and saying that. But what an interesting twist that this situation has been set up like this. And now Gideon, who was pretty much the whole plot left out of almost the entirety of this episode. Uh, but Gideon now is using that uh, bait, do you think? The bait. Sorry. He's putting hook on a hook as bait for Emma oh. <laughs> <laughs> out in the sea. <laughs> I don't, is that, is he trying to get Emma to go there or is he worried that hook is going to stop him from killing Emma? It. It seemed more like Hook couldn't be in Storybrooke because he is somehow going to prevent what Gideon needs to happen from happening. But was so was Hook in the vision that Emma got of her dying? I believe so. Yeah, the original Savior Shakes vision. So, I guess we know that he makes it back for that whenever that is, but that's also when Snow and David are awake. Well, I think that vision has been defeated. So it's no longer the battle that you saw on the day that you saw is no longer because oh. Emma changed her fate. So anything we saw in that vision has already come to pass almost just like it did in that vision with some changes because Emma changed her fate. So I don't think we can judge anything based on who is there anymore. I think there are two ways that you could look at this. Either hook is bait 
or Gideon is using the situation to somehow weaken Emma. I guess it could be a distraction for Emma um, that she's out looking for Hook or just makes her a little bit weaker that Hook is not by her side. Osgirl said just the fact that Hook gives Emma hope. Maybe she's easier to defeat if she's hopeless. Yeah. And she looked pretty hopeless at the end of this episode. She was anxiously waiting for him to come to come back and to make things right. To fight, I think. I think she wanted him to fight for them. Something this episode seemed to confirm is that the Wish Realm is an actual other realm. But I believe Evil Queen did say something about she created it when she sent Emma there. Nonetheless, it's a place that she could send Robin back to. And he referred to it as his land. And it seems like he's kind of running the place now. Or, or I don't know. But this means that there's an actual version of Robin out there in another realm. Well, in a fake realm. Is it a fake realm? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess at the end of this episode, we had confirmed that there are two other versions of Robin out there in a fake realm. I assume Evil Queen went somewhere other than the wish realm that she sent that Robin back to. Oh, no, I got the impression that they went to the same realm. Oh, see, (laughs) I was thinking that that Robin went to the Wish Realm and that Regina went somewhere new. When they had their conversation back in the tavern, Robin was talking, knowing completely what had just happened in Storybrooke. And he was a little bit surprised to see the Evil Queen back there in the realm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I had thought he was referring to whatever had happened between them before, but I guess they hadn't met before in the flashbacks. This is why alternate realities get very confusing on shows. Especially when you create an alternate reality literally from a wish. (laughs) You have to be very careful with those wishes. That's why some people hide them in their shoes. What? (laughs) It's just a Once Wonderland reference. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that that was a bit... Deep. And, and speaking of deep, cool to see the Nautilus again and Captain Nemo. He's a cool guy and the Nautilus is cool. Uh, since Hook is on the Nautilus with Captain Nemo, it makes me think that then the next episode we'll also get to see Captain Nemo a bit more too. He's kind of Hook's um, best friend, I'd say, or trusted confidant. Uh, it, and I like the advice that he gave Hook it, where he was really saying... You need to go confess this and seek forgiveness. Great advice. He's a good friend. Now, he did also say, or you can, you could keep this forever. But then he did kind of downplay that and say basically that there would be some kind of consequence. Yeah, it was great advice. And like Hook said, he took neither piece of great advice. <laughs> they have a, a nice relationship. I yeah, we'll definitely see them again. I I wonder if, is the submarine just on autopilot somewhere far away? Or at some point, are they going to get control of it back? And then it's just going to be a rush to get back Ooh, to Storybrooke. Yeah, I get the impression that because Gideon launched the sub, he kind of locked the controls, you know, smashed it with a hammer or magicked it so they won't be able to turn it around. 
Because, yeah, even if they get somewhere, they could just turn around and come back. But how long will that take? Maybe a mermaid's going to come and help or something. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to see Ariel again. We got to see a bunch of characters in this episode that I wasn't expecting to see. Like Henry Sr., Tinkerbell, um, Captain Nemo. I didn't think we would get so many of our past characters in a somewhat filler episode like this, but nonetheless, <laughs> really cool. It's always I always feel like it's cool to see a character from the past because that makes it makes them less of a one-off character like Hansel and Gretel, who we have never seen since season one. <laughs> yeah, and we did get to see Snow White in this episode and Henry, who were both not in the previous episode at all. And we did not see Charming at all in this episode, if I am not mistaken. So Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin must definitely be job sharing this season. Well, because they share a heart, so they can only act one at a time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they have two really little babies, I think. In real life. Apparently no baby in the show. <laughs> we haven't seen Neil for numerous episodes that I recall. So what do you think is going on with this Once Upon a Time? Please send us your feedback for our upcoming full discussion, which is on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. We'd love to incorporate your feedback, theories, and more into that and our contact information is on the website as well as the show notes for this episode so you can share this episode with your fellow Once Upon a Time fans over at oncepodcast.com slash 286. In the meantime, please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And until next time, I didn't come here to show mercy. I came for a heart. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be an amazing hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.